Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there, everybody. It's a happy Monday to you, Bauer and Rose, broadcasting live, although by the time you hear it, it won't be live. We're here at JustTheNews.com, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as SiriusXM, The Patriot, Channel 125. Uh, we face, Gary, I think, a perfect storm of almost equal and opposite ferocity. We've never seen anything like this before. At the same time, we're witnessing the extraordinary circumstance of an unprecedented deployment of federal law enforcement to interfere in the 2024 presidential election to protect the incumbent, to hurt the challenger. At the very same time, we're witnessing an equal and opposite, almost Newtonian effort to protect the mounting unprecedented evidence of the incumbent's corruption his extortion, his bribery, all of which raises hugely serious concerns about the impartiality and fairness of our judicial system. I fear that this is going to tear the country apart like nothing that's ever been before, except perhaps the Civil War, for the simple reason that nothing like this has ever been done before. Well, I was going to say, you're, you're absolutely right, Tom, and, and this is the great threat that is facing our constitutional republic, or as the left prefers, that, you know, the greatest threat to our democracy, even though we are not a pure democracy. I, and I, I agree with you. I, I mean, the, the, the election interference is, is the most obvious election interference you could possibly do. It's a combination of federal law enforcement along with uh, local and state Democrat Party officials literally burying President Trump in an avalanche of indictments and challenges. Uh, a decision made last week that the, the one trial will begin in late May in 2024, right in the middle of the election year. It's, it's outrageous. And then on top of that, uh, this effort to censor not only news about the corruption of this administration, but also to censor anything else that benefits the right. So you see efforts to censor parents at school board meetings, a popular country music singer who extols the virtues of small town America, and an effort to censor Robert Kennedy Jr. at a hearing about censorship. So I believe every American is looking at this and Tom, it, 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 there's got to be one or two responses. Both of them are bad. One response is simply to look at it and, and throw up your hands and say, what can I do? I, I give up. There's nothing I can do. The other response is these sons, uh, you know what, are trying to take away the liberty that, you know, 40 generations of Americans or whatever it is fought for, died for to give us. And there's only one option. It's the same option that Americans have always used. I've got to fight. Literally, I've got to go to war. Both of those are terrible. One is surrender. The other rends the, you know, rends the country in half. Uh, and, and I, I know the left knows this and I believe they're perfectly happy with either scenario. Well, we, I think saw that last week during two congressional hearings on corruption and censorship. The Democrats, to a man, played the part of defending corruption, defending extortion, defending censorship, defending transgenderism, defending everything that they were accused of committing 
unapologetically and unequivocally. This decision by Judge Cannon, who I suspect, and I hope I'm wrong, is now caving to political pressure, was an absolute disaster. There is absolutely no reason to hold this trial in the middle of the election. She thought of it as some kind of a compromise. Jack Smith, the, the mob lawyer representing the Department of Justice, called for the trial to be held in, in December, and she said, no, uh, we'll cut the baby in half, we'll do it in May. That's right smack in the middle of the election, which means that every single decision she makes from now on, good, bad, or otherwise, is going to interfere in the election because the case has been delayed until May, at which point Donald Trump will have secured the Republican nomination. And again, as we pointed out last week, there are there will be by the time the January 6th thing is done, by the Fulton County, Georgia case is done, there'll be more well over 100 charges in these indictments. All a single hand-picked Democrat, largely illiterate jury in 96% Washington, D.C. and 95% New York City will have to convict on one count. And then you will face the prospect of a presidential nominee of a leading party having been convicted of a felony, nefarious or not, before the election. I just... The... I don't know if she thought about this, if she, every decision she makes now will interfere in some way with the election. Any pre-trial motion she dismisses or accepts, that's election interference. At the same time, we have this widespread cover-up and corruption of the Biden crime family that's all out there for the public to see by the very same DOJ and the very same FBI that's unleashing everything they have and more against Donald Trump. Democrats have already said they're saying it in word, they're saying it in deed, they're they're laying the predicate for it, Gary, that they will not accept Trump if he's reelected as president. Again, you know, they didn't accept him the first time either. They're election deniers. They're pre-election deniers, just like they accuse us of being climate deniers. And in turn, what I fear, and I, I fear this in myself, is that this will make it all but impossible in 2024 for conservatives to accept a result if a Democrat should win. They're already pressuring state officials to prevent Trump from even appearing on the ballot. A bunch of legal cases by the Democrat uh, lawfare uh, cabal to deny Trump a place on the ballot, even if he wins the nomination. In Michigan, they've already indicted, what, 12 or 15 conservative activists for acting as so-called fake electors. I mean, this is uh, they're not seeking to delegitimize or weaken. They're seeking to destroy. And we've got the choices you laid out of either accepting that or fighting it. Yeah. What, what the choice we don't have is a Republican Party that uh, certainly will understandably discourage anything that sounds like literally fighting against what's being done to us. Um on the other hand, that Republican Party will argue uh, continually, as it does, you've got to get out and vote. you got to, no matter what you, you've got to register the people. You've got to be able to, we're going to harvest votes too. All this stuff, and it, it, all we're doing is setting up the scene here for another massive letdown, just like we had in 2020, just like we had in 2022. Um, and I just don't see I don't see any sign, Tom, that the Republicans are any more. I don't think any of them meet about this. I don't think there's any serious conversations that what would the left have to do? What would what would the current government we have and the um, use of federal law enforcement to destroy the opposition party? What else would they have to do for Republicans to go all out and fight back with the same ferocity that they are being fought, uh, being subjected to by 
by the left. Uh, Tom, I haven't had a chance to, to check this out, but I saw a story today. Do you remember in the summer of 2020, David Axelrod uh, did ran war games for the Democrat Party? They went off in a retreat with a bunch of uh, Democrat Party leaders and said, what are we going to do if this happens in November? What are we going to do if that happens in November? What are we going to do if this happens in November? And one of those options was Donald Trump wins the electoral vote, but there are irregularities in some states. And the answer they came up with in this war game was to appoint competitive slates of electors, i.e. fake electors, exactly what they did in 2016. And now they're indicting Donald Trump for having attempted to do unsuccessfully, by the way, in 2020. And more importantly, they're indicting people that were on the slates of electors. I mean, all of this has the same purpose, Tom. It is to intimidate people, just like the sentencing of the January 6th people with sentences that Washington, D.C. hasn't seen in response to a riot ever. But this time, it's throw the book at them. Throw the book at them. Don't let them get one break. No mercy ever. Yeah, I mean, it, if the, these guys could be cocaine dealers and they would get lighter sentences than what they're getting from being involved in what happened on Capitol Hill on January 6th. I just saw over the weekend an article that said a guy who was providing, had a company that provided security for a Proud Boy events. He did not go inside the United States Capitol. He was indicted. And he has been tried, I think, several times, and the juries keep it being hung juries. So finally, in this most recent trial, uh, he was not given any jail time. And the federal prosecutors are furious, absolutely furious. Now, I'm thinking to myself, why? Why did this guy not get these, you know, one of these big uh, sentences? Well, it ends up the guy is African-American. He served in Iraq in the uh, or he served in the Gulf War, whichever Gulf War it was. Uh, he's also a former police officer. And in his own defense, he said at one of the trials, look, my my only mistake was um, I worked for a bunch of white guys that other elite white guys don't like. So. That's why they're trying to put me in jail. And uh, so he didn't get a jail sentence. But it, I mean, th th it is so obvious what's going on. It's not only uh, to delegitimize Donald Trump and they're well on the way to delegitimizing DeSantis. It's also to scare the daylights out of anybody that would be active in the political system in a way that indicates you're fighting back. Now, on January 6th, oh, they engaged in violence. Well, the electors didn't engage in violence. They're trying to throw them in jail and throw the way, throw the way, uh, throw away the key on them, too. I mean, we've got this evidence that's absolutely piling up with a hard and fast uh, evidence behind the evidence that now Garland's refusal to investigate these these volumes of evidence, the media says nothing, just like GOP Senate leadership, Mitch McConnell, John Thrune, Cornyn, crickets. Why? I think because they support the Democrats in attempting to interfere in the election to deny voters the chance to reelect Donald Trump. They hate Donald Trump more than they love their country and will do everything in their power including subverting the will of their own voters and their own party to ensure he never holds office again. Now, Congress, I will come to the defense of, of the Republican majority in Congress to say this much. Congress can only do so much. Congress doesn't have the power to prosecute. They don't have that power. Democrats know that. They aren't just playing with fire. The Democrats, they're playing with plutonium in the spirit of the Oppenheimer movie. They learned, Gary, back in 2020 
that their militia, the BLM rioters, can get away with anything. They can commit any act of violence and get away with it. They can delegitimize the Supreme Court and get away with it. They can threaten uh, our justices of the Supreme Court and get away with it. They can wage war against every institution in the country and get away with it. The DOJ appeals a brilliant ruling against Biden censorship and wins in a uh, in the in the Fifth Circuit down in Louisiana. They stay the injunction that banned the administration from censoring free speech and says the government is now free to continue censoring you. Jack Smith, this guy, <clears throat> was not chosen to be prosecuted by accident, Gary. He was chosen because he is uh, a well-known, documented uh, hitman. He's got a 20-year history of violating every ethical norm of a prosecutor. He's not a prosecutor. He's more of a persecutor. That's why he was picked. He's got this long record of abuse, a long record of being uh, reversed on appeal, of violating attorney-client privilege, of illegally wiretapping attorney-client conversations, a a rap sheet 20 miles long of leaking to the media grand jury testimony, which is a federal offense, by the way, a long history of threatening witnesses. That's why they picked him. And again, back to this uh, Judge Cannon case, the documents case. Why does this need to be heard before the election? There's nothing urgent or pending or immediate about it. All the documents have been returned. There's no allegation that anything is being retained by the defendant in this case. Uh, there's no statute of limitations on it either. The only possible reason to hold this before the election is to interfere in the election. Yep, no, no question about it. Jack Smith has a collection of tombstones marking the death of the political careers of a number of rising Republicans or key Republicans that the Democrats needed uh, to destroy the uh, destroy their political careers so that the left's agenda can continue. Tom, in passing, you made this reference about the the fact that that um, you know the, the left will do anything to make sure that only they can control the streets. I mean, now we're getting down to the nitty gritty, right? Uh, the, 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 the ability, the asset in politics of being able to put uh, thousands of people in the streets to demonstrate on your behalf in the middle of these heated uh, debates in America is an incredible asset. It's an intimidating asset. It scares the bejeebies out of uh, business people and so forth. So you had that summer of rioting, rioting in 2020. And, and uh, you know, when you, when you look back on it, many of those riots started with well-meaning people in the wake of uh, the, the, you know, the terrible death of, uh, uh, of the of the guy in Minneapolis, you had well-meaning people that that went out carrying signs, chanting, and so forth. All you know, legitimate demonstration guaranteed to us uh, under the first uh, first amendment to the Constitution, the, in the Bill of Rights. Uh, but then, as the day would drag on and the sun would go down, uh, many of those people would go back home, and the radical elements in the crowd would take the cover of darkness to riot, to burn, uh, to do all sorts of things. And the media and the Democrats would call those demonstrations in American cities mostly peaceful demonstrations. Well, on January 6th, there were 500,000 people in town. And a very small percentage of them, maybe 20,000, marched on Capitol Hill. And a small percentage of them, or maybe half of them, ended up going into the Capitol building. Many of them did not go in and commit violence. They walked through the Capitol building and came out the other end. But those demonstrations are never called mostly 
uh, nonviolent. They figured this all out back in 2020. They can get away with anything. They can burn down cities. They can loot. They can steal. They can firebomb day in, day out for over two months. Mostly peaceful, of course, as you mentioned. They can attempt to storm the White House. Memorial Day weekend, 2020. It was a Friday. Uh, we had the vice president was traveling that day. We had traveled. When we came back late afternoon, we were informed that we could expect trouble at the White House. I went back to work. By the time I tried to get home in advance of uh, the Jewish Sabbath, they had literally surrounded the place. They closed it down, ingress and egress, for White House staffers. They attacked the White House with firebombs, bricks, concrete blocks. They sent more than 100 police officers and Secret Service personnel to the hospital. I don't remember hearing about those people being rounded up and justice being done. You've got Chuck Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader, urging the Democrat Party militia to physically go after Supreme Court justices. He doesn't pay a price. He's not even censored. He's celebrated. They seek to take down every norm in the country. All the traditions were all under attack. It's one way. What they've done now or what they're doing, and I don't know whether it'll be successful or not, they couldn't be happier. They know Biden's out of it, but they also know something more important, and that is that the Biden agenda is being implemented rapidly, fully, and successfully. They could be happier. They don't care one way or another whether you accept the next election or not, Gary. They could care less. They don't care about this at all because to them, anyone who doesn't uh, accept their approach, their tactic, their ideology, we're all racists. We're all white supremacists. We're all QAnon supporters. If we don't break the back of the DOJ and the FBI, they together will destroy what is left of our republic. I'm convinced of it. And Tom, to, to me, the inability of, of Republicans to to even um, change their rhetoric. Now, I think in the House, uh, I, I, I'm fairly impressed with how McCarthy will talk about some of these I things. Agree, but what about the Senate? Well, the, the, what Senate? I mean, there, I know there's a, there, I know there is a Senate because I see Senate Democrats on TV all the time doing all sorts of things. There, there's only a handful of Republican senators. And Senator Grassley, if you're listening, God bless you, my friend. You know, uh, I, over the years, Tom, people, oh, that guy, you know, he's a he's a backwater. I mean, you ever hear that guy talk? That guy is got. He's a bulldog. He's methodical. He has the advantage of never having gone to law school and gotten the indoctrination you get in Americans' law schools, uh, where, there, where conservatives are taught why you can't do any of the things you want to do and why you've got to acquiesce at the end of the day to the left-wing agenda. He's methodical, etc. But you can you could get into a small closet. The number of Republican senators that are willing to take this stuff on. And, and you know, I, I think you're correct when you said a lot of these guys don't want Donald Trump to be elected a president again. Tom, I can go all the way back to, to Trump's inauguration address where he stood up there on the platform and he talked about what happened after we gave communist China most favored nation trading status, how the factories were closed all over America by the tens of thousands. And he said in that speech, I would urge people to go back and listen to it again. He said, uh, all over America, main streets were boarded up as working class America's futures were crushed. But here in Washington, D.C., Everybody got wealthier and wealthier. And at that point in the speech, George W. Bush leans over to who would, who was ever sitting next to him. And according to, uh, several reports said, this is some strange S blank blank T. The very concept of what Trump was saying. 
that because of bipartisan policies in Washington, like globalism, global trade deals between multiple countries, how it crushed middle America, how it crushed working class America, and how all the people working for the PR firms, the lobbying firms, the political consultants got bigger and bigger houses, bought more and more Mercedes, the very concept that that was going on was so alien to George W. Bush's ears that he, he turned to somebody and said, this is some straight. No, wait a second. Let me let me let me interject. Let's drill down on this a bit. Mitch McConnell has been absolutely silent. He's the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. We have 49 senators. I don't hear, except for Mike Lee and Ted Cruz, any of the Republican senator, you know, the Republican backbench in the Senate saying much. And my question about Mitch McConnell is this. Why is he so silent? Could it be? There's no accusation here. It's simply a question. Since we're not allowed to investigate, all we can do is hypothecate. Could it be because Mitch McConnell and his wife are also knee deep in business deals and arrangements with the Chinese Communist Party? Well, I look, I think it's a legitimate question, Tom. And uh, but no one's allowed to ask it. No, nobody's allowed to ask it. And if you do ask it, you're labeled one thing or another. The, the, the tentacles of the Chinese Communist Party are all over the place. They have compromised American universities. They've compromised America research centers. They actually had the audacity to set up Chinese communist police departments in a half dozen American cities that were tolerated forever. They cheated us on trade deals. They've stolen us blind with American corporations. They've got most of American business operating as a lobbying arm for the Chinese communist party. Uh, we see their influence that they, they've got in the Democrat Party through Hunter Biden and the impact it's had on his uh, on his father. And it the same thing has got its tentacles in the America in the Republican Party, who used to depend on the same corporate donors that are the lobbying arm of the Chinese Communist Party. They were the same people that gave donations to Republican senators. And by the way, isn't this one of those times that you should do one of those, I would have to say, excellent um, breaks in our show, and then we'll come back even greater prepared uh, to do this high-level program. That's why I do the breaks and Gary doesn't, because he just screwed it up. He just that. <laughs> well, no, I didn't try to do a break. I was throwing it to you to do a break. I have an idea. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Bower and Rose Show on JustTheNews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer with you. Um... There's a show, Bower and Rose. It plays its part. <laughs> to conservatives, it's catnip, a true work of art. With voices so strong, they speak right, not wrong. In politics, it's wise to take heed. Conservatives hear Bower and Rose's lead. With insights profound, new perspectives are found. And together, the right can truly succeed. Did you write that or was that from one of our loyal uh, uh, listeners? I wrote it. Did you really? Uh, I don't know how to tell I... you this, Tom, but in the latter days, the latter years of, of it, the renowned... It's a, work in pro it's a work in progress because it's, it doesn't... It's a renowned work of uh, 
whatever. In the latter years of, of Newport, Kentucky legend Spike Bauer, usually after he had consumed uh, several quarts of beer, <laughs> he would uh, become a poet. Right, limericks, right? And I, you know, is it possible Spike Bauer came to you in a dream and, and dictated that to you and all no, you did his, was his limericks are His limericks are probably much better. Mine kind of fell apart in the middle. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a work in progress, but we were, it was also, by the way, a time when we were happy that he was only writing poetry because if he wasn't writing poetry, he was calling local talk radio shows, identifying himself by name and saying things that I would then be mocked for at school the next day. (laughs) Uh, I want to, I want to get back to Mitch McConnell because I think this is the dog that isn't barking. The leader of the Senate, he's the leader of the opposition. We all know that the leader of the opposition's job is to hold leadership to account. Not only is he not doing that, his silence is protecting the leadership that his party elected him to oppose and to call to account. I want to know why Mitch McConnell is silent, why John Thune who we've been told for how long has he been there? Fifteen years is the is He's the new a hope. Fair-haired boy, right? He's the hope right. for the future. Absolutely silent, not a word. Where are the other forty-seven Republican senators demanding Wait a leaders? Hold on, Tom. We have forty-seven Republican senators. <laughs> I've convinced myself it must be like twelve or something like that. I mean, good grief! Here's a tell. Here's a tell. Uh, Mitch McConnell's uh, fair-haired lady, uh, Senator Murkowski, who he went to great lengths to ensure one re-election over what was a perfectly legitimate conservative alternative. Not only that, the conservative alternative won the Republican primary. She ran as an independent. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 she is, uh, Murkowski has already announced that if the choice in November of 2024 uh, is uh, Biden versus Trump, uh, she will vote for the uh, the third wave group, third way group or whatever they're called and whatever uh, individual that they nominate. So uh, it's unbelievable, Tom. And just think of what it says about what those senators think about the grassroots of the Republican Party. They must think we're as dumb as, you know, who knows what, that we can't see through this and we'll continue to be loyal. Are they wrong? Yeah, they are wrong, Tom, because if by hook or crook they stop. Uh, Trump or somebody like Trump getting the nomination, I do not believe uh, our people will turn out on Election Day. Well, it'll be the other way around, because now we've got this trial date. Uh, who knows what the Alvin Bragg, but the, the, the serious trial date on the documents case scheduled for May, at which point Donald Trump will be the Republican nominee for president. He already will have won the nomination, barring some unforeseen uh, circumstance, God forbid. And I, I, I made this point last week, and I think it bears some repeating. I think the situation is so serious now that it's almost a matter of national urgency that Donald Trump get reelected because the threat, <clears throat> pardon me, the threat of authoritarianism, I know Bauer hates that. Look, I think the threat, and we talked about this until we're blue in the face, the threat of authoritarianism is now so real and so immediate that the only possible solution is to do precisely what they are attempting to prevent at any and all costs. And that is to deal them the death blow that they are working to administer to us. I think it's now an issue, a matter of it's us or them. Those are the stakes. And I don't mean to harp on Mitch McConnell, but I have to. I I think they support the effort. This is Republican leadership in the Senate. They support the Democrats silently, quietly, by by commission. 
uh, in their attempt to interfere, not their attempt, they are actually interfering egregiously and unprecedentedly in the 2024 election because they want to deny the voters the chance to actually have the opportunity to vote for Donald Trump again. I think they hate Donald. This is the third time I've said this. I think they hate Donald Trump more than they love their country. Well, see, we always part ways here because and I was with you on everything you said. But the reason I part ways is that that how you ended it by saying they hate Donald Trump more than they love their country gets too close to being a statement that says if only we could put Trump aside, they wouldn't act like this. But they will act like this. No matter who, if anybody, let, let's take DeSantis because he's the, he's the logical uh, Trump replacement. And I think both of us, both of us are, love Ron DeSantis. Absolutely. I do. I think he's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and a lot of Trump voters say that if they, um, if they don't get a chance to vote for him because of something happening, that their, their number one second choice would be DeSantis. They are already doing to DeSantis what they're doing to Trump. The, the latest example is when uh, Kamala Harris, uh, in a, just a disgusting totalitarian tactic, uh, it, it did an attack on, on DeSantis trying to make him out to be a raw bigot hater of minorities and black people by suggesting that somehow the curriculum that's being used now in Florida's schools because they pushed back against the curriculum that they that there was an effort to force on them somehow justifies slavery. I didn't I didn't hear that. When was that? That 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 was her attack was last week. Well, for and uh, and then in the post this morning, there's an article DeSantis doubles down on defense of slavery. What? So here's DeSantis's defense of slavery. In the recommended curriculum, there is in the outline, there is one sentence. And in this sentence, this state curriculum has been written by experts on slavery, all of whom condemn slavery because it's, it was a condemnable and damnable thing. No man can own another man. As Lincoln says, no man was born with a saddle on his back and other men born with spurs to ride him. Nobody is relitigating slavery. But in the curriculum, one of the statements is that slaves learned certain skills during slavery that fortunately after emancipation they were able to use to make a life for themselves and mostly this is reference to knowing you know watching and being the people exploited on farms that, that most emancipated slaves ended up becoming after they gained their freedom. So just stating an historic fact becomes a justification for slavery, which is just insanity. But this is what they do. They, they, you know, they, they tried to do it to, um, uh, the former governor of Texas when he was one of the competitors and, in 2016 because he used to go hunting on a ranch that had a rock outside the gates of the of the ranch that had some sort of something that was racist on the rock and there's no evidence the governor ever tried to get the rock removed they tried to do it to to Robert F Kennedy in in the hearing, they labeled him an anti. It's incredible. I'm sorry. Go ahead. They tried to label him an anti-Semite, a bigot, etc. And then when he tried to respond to that, they said, "I reclaim the rest of my time." Uh, this is today's modern day Democrat Party. The only Republican they will not do this to is a Republican that they can convince themselves will be a complete sellout for them if that Republican got the nomination and, and went on and won the presidency. Are you, are, are, are you referring specifically or cryptically to one beluga of a Republican presidential candidate? How does a guy with 1% in the polls get on every mainstream media, corporate media, government media, a talk show, 
Chris Christie, does he go anywhere other than the refrigerator? He's on every show. He's at 1% in the polls, 2% in some. The only reason, of course, is because he attacks Donald Trump. You mentioned RFKJ. Did you, I mean, what the Democrats did to him uh, could not be written by the, uh, by the, by the screenwriter of Dr. Strangelove. His father was assassinated, and the Democrats today are trying to do the same thing to his character that Sirhan Sirhan did to his father. That's why they need to destroy him. He is almost as hated and loathed as Donald Trump. No one's in the Trump category, but he's close. Because somebody with his pedigree, with that name, when they get out of line, that's it. They are done. They'll do whatever they can. They'll smear. They'll besmirch. A lot of things uh, Bobby Kennedy says I think are nuts, but that's not the point. That's neither here nor there. He's no more nuts than any of the other nutcases we have who actually hold elective office. They know, the Democrats, they know that Biden's out of it. They know that he's totally not only corrupt and demented, but they know something more important than that. They know that his agenda is being implemented, his, uh, his... He's implementing their agenda. Exactly right. They know he's implementing... Yeah, and, you know, and look, I... I they I couldn't mean, be happier about that. Right, And they don't, right. they don't care a whit about whether you approve or disapprove. No, and, and the fact that, you know, you and I, people like us, when he falls down the steps, when he doesn't appear to know where he is, when he really seemed to fall asleep during meeting a meeting with Herzog and from Israel the other day, the, the president seemed to have a few seconds there, which many of us have experienced where you're you're between wake and sleep and you start mumbling complete nonsense. And then you come back awake and you go, uh, did I miss the last scene in that show? Uh, yeah, you missed the last year, Mr. President. Uh, but it doesn't really matter. They can hide him in the basement again. The only I think the only concern they have is he's going to do something so obvious to everybody that he'll you know, he, he could uh, unfortunately have some sort of a physical event uh, that that could show he's incapable of being president. Uh, you know, there are rumors of him losing control of some bodily functions. It could happen in public. Uh, you know, that would probably be. They'll cover, uh, it up. They'll cover it up. They'll excuse it. They'll I hope apologize. No, I, I think at this there were two hearings last week that were absolutely Disgraceful. Normally, when you have a hearing and the opposition doesn't like what's going on, they will defend themselves against the charges. But what you saw last week was the Democrats defending the charges, defending corruption, defending censorship. At a censorship hearing, the Democrats called for the witness to be censored. Right. They've got this totalitarian impulse at their core is a totalitarian urge. They're trying to censor anybody who doesn't agree with them or even if they privately agree, they realize that open debate, open discussion will hurt their chances of implementing whatever whatever program or policy they're advocating. Democrats, I mean, they support this Stalinist-style prevention of free speech. They're telling us what language we can use. We're not allowed to say two-tiered system of justice anymore. That's white supremacist. When they tell you you can't say something, Gary, I don't. I know you don't need to be warned of this because you do it anyway, but when they tell you you can't say something, I say say it. They don't just tell you what you can't say. They tell us now what we must say, what we must believe, what we must support, what we must celebrate, the phrases that we have to use. Uh, even if they're, even if, if, if they're incorrect, they don't care about correctness. The irony of the term political correctness is that there's nothing correct about it. Po- a political correctness means hiding what is correct behind some patina of of language. A man is not a man unless he says he's a woman, if I'm getting that right. I, I hate the phrase political correctness, Tom, because it's a euphemism for an attack on our civil liberties. 
It's not just political correctness. It's it's a serious assault. You know, people oh, he's so politically correct. Well, that means he's so committed to silencing you, editing you, stopping you from getting this, not allowing you to say that because it's all illegitimate, et cetera, et cetera. It's putting up these goofy signs, which are in my neighborhood. Hey, has no home here. Well, translate it. It does have a home in my home because I don't have that sign up. That's what it's really saying. I've actually asked some of my num- my neighbors, why are you broadcasting that hate has no home there? Are you suggesting that hate does have a home somewhere in the neighborhood? And if so, just whose home are you thinking about? Well, I don't know why you're getting so uh, defensive, Gary. I, I mean, I would never. Uh... Usually, by the way, Tom, there's a Ukrainian flag flying nearby. These these are the haters of all haters. These are the mothers of haters. Donald Trump is is hated with full and complete genuflection by these very people. I always love to ask those folks who have the signs, hate has no home here or refugees are welcome here. Uh, what about Trump supporters? Would Trump supporters have a home here? Can they move in? Can they take over your house? And of course, the answer is no. And we saw this past week. Um, and I have to confess that I'm not. I like to think of myself as a country music fan, but I've frankly never heard of Jason Aldean before. But then you've got this. Aldean, sorry, I paused. See, there you go. There you go. For decades, decades, rappers and hip-hop artists and all these folks have raked in billions. And the fame that comes with it and the accolades and the awards, all by promoting this culture of of violence and drugs and crime and misogyny and greed and sexual license, there's been not a peep of objection from the left that I'm aware of, of what that culture has done to millions of young people, especially in our uh, poor urban centers where rappers and gang members and the drug dealers are idolized. And now you've got one country music star singing one song about the undeniable fact that our cities are becoming wastelands of of lawlessness, of chaos, of 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 family dysfunction. And the left, they react immediately and in absolute unison to smear him as this dangerous white supremacist racist. The left, they hate small town America. They hate law enforcement. They hate the Second Amendment. So apparently now, and you got to admit they're good at this, Gary. It's no, white nationalists. There's a practice, right? Oh my God! It's white nationalist. It's white supremacist to want to live in a safe neighborhood or to not want your town to be overrun by by crime and destruction. <laughs> yeah, the, you know, the other day, Tom, uh, there was a terrible shooting in a um, a small town. Uh, X number of miles away from Atlanta, Georgia. I don't I don't remember how far away, but it was a small town. And um, they tracked down the guy that that did it. Uh, It was a it was a a black man. I I think the I think the people in this case that were killed were his were four of his white neighbors. Uh, I don't know what the circumstances were. The police chief in the town is black. So were, it looked to me like half the police force is black. Uh, it's one of these rural towns. Where was it? In Georgia. In Georgia? Georgia. It, so, you know, people don't understand this. In, in most of the rural south, there's a, there's a large black population. Uh, so, and you have blacks and whites uh, living alongside of each other. So they, they tracked the guy down. I think there was an exchange of gunfire and, uh, he was killed. And I saw the black, uh, police chief at a press conference say, uh, well, I am pleased to report that, uh, the thug, uh, has been taken down. Uh, he's paid the price. Uh, we want to congratulate the men and women on our force for a job well done. Uh, now, if the kind of things that the, the Jason Aldean's song highlighted is happening in big cities, starts happening in small towns, I'll guarantee you that black and white and Hispanics in those small towns will do exactly what Jason Aldean was saying in his sound, in his song, you better not try that in a small town. 
these are these tend to be family oriented people. There's a higher level of religious religiosity. The more rural the community in America, and uh, in spite of what the left says, among normal people, whatever the color of their skin, they don't want thugs and violence and drugs in their towns and in their schools. And it is a sign not of racism, not of white supremacy. It is a sign of normalcy and good health to not want those things and to fight back against those things. But, but Gary, the left doesn't want normalcy. They don't want us to return to normalcy. They want to root out normalcy in every facet of American life that they can. Your normalcy is a hurdle that they need to overcome on their way to fundamentally transforming our country. They constantly talk about that. They constantly promise that. And that's why the left defended and still to this day defends the devastation wreaked by the BLM and Antifa rioters as mostly peaceful, but they'll denounce, demonize, and destroy Jason Aldean over what they perceive to be a dog whistle which was no dog whistle at all. People, no matter their color, want to live in safety and security. Defiance. The interesting thing about the, the about the music video, it's not only the words were described as a dog whistle, but he did it in front of a, a courthouse that has been in several movies. It's a very stately courthouse, and that courthouse has been in several movies. But they said, oh, it was obvious the message he was sending because – Drum roll. A hundred years ago, a black man was lynched outside that courthouse like anybody in the country would know that. So was it a dog whistle when that courthouse appeared in other movies? So now the actual not only are words dog whistles, places are dog whistles, right? The church across from the White House became a dog whistle when Donald Trump walked across Farragut Square and stood in front of the church with a Bible after leftists tried to burn the church down. Oh, that was a dog whistle. Even though that's a left-wing uh, church, uh, <clears throat> St. John's Episcopal, uh, left-wing uh, pastor, I mean, <laughs> we're out of time, unfortunately. Yes, we, 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 you mean the country or the Bower and Rose? Both! <laughs> Yes, I agree. I agree, Tom. I, you know what? I would just say right now, if if the if the as George W. Bush said, if the S blank blank T does hit the fan at some point, the last Bauer and Rose broadcast before we're taken away to join the January 6th prisoners will be a collector's item someday. So be sure, folks, to be recording these. It might be really valuable. You know, something that you'll be able to pass on to your children when they're living in the mountains. Right. You know, the opening to the Mark Levin show, uh, uh, we've once again made contact with our leader deep under the, you know, uh, undisclosed location in a bunker. You know, so anyway, we're out of time. Please recommend us to your friends. Give us a five star rating. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Bower and, Ro Bauer and Rose podcast. And don't forget to check us out on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. Have a great couple days. We'll talk to you in a few days, Gary. See you soon.